Hello, and welcome to Engaging Alternative Spotlight, part of the Eisner Amber podcast series. I'm your host, Bridgette Lumpkins, and I'm joined today by Gary Jensen, Managing Partner at Jensen Capital Partners, a premier provider of capital raising services for global private markets. He actually hired me for my first job on Wall Street at Lehman Brothers years back. I'm internally grateful for that opportunity. Gary, welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us. Do you mind telling us a bit about yourself? and Jensen Capital Partners. Thank you for having me, Bridget. Um, let me just briefly say, before we get started, hiring you at the time was an easy decision. Uh, I recall you were extremely focused, clearly had a distinct hunger to succeed and willing to put in the hours to get the job done. So uh, it was, for lack of a, a better word, a no-brainer for me to get you on board at the time. Um, but anyway, I set up Jensen Capital Partners more than three and a half years ago after a career spanning 30 plus years in international investment banking, uh, with among others, many years spent in mergers and acquisitions at Morgan Stanley in New York, running the international equity business at Lehman Brothers in the US, and being a partner for more than five years at JIJ Group, a London-based private equity investment firm. Um, definitely and arguably you know, a fairly diverse background that arguably you know, comes in handy today as my capital raising business is concerned both in terms of the uh, meaningful Rolodex of institutional investors I was able to establish over the years. In fact, a global network today of uh, 5,000 plus institutional investor, investors, uh, approximately 2,500 fund investors and uh, circa 1,500 direct investors. And, uh, and also as regards the analytical capabilities I develop, which uh, allows me today to be extremely selective uh, around the capital raising projects we take on. Reality, Brigitte, is that many investors of mine rely on me to present them with opportunities that offer, call it cool, interesting, attractive risk return characteristics and have the basis to make them a ton of money, which is uh, more important than ever, as you can imagine, in the current yield stocked environment. Um, we are a team of four people, uh, all with extensive and diverse industry experience and uh, analytical capabilities. As an example, Pablo de Eusebio, my partner, who works with me at Jensen Capital Partners, spent 15 years in investment banking, including many years in M&A at Morgan Stanley in London, and later ran the investment banking business for Credit Agricole in Spain. Very interesting. The theme of this series is raising capital when everyone is scared. You have more experience than I do with this, but I've observed that in tumultuous times, even professional investors flee to safety, abandon risk assets, and are hesitant to deploy capital. Is this consistent with what you're seeing as you speak to your LP investor base? Interesting question, uh, Brigitte. Let me say this. Prior to the global health crisis, it was one of the best fundraising environments since the last financial crisis in 2008, with, for example, more than uh, $500 billion of equity raised each uh, year since 2013, uh, making it uh, a banner period with capital pouring into literally every PE sub-asset class. Uh, as I mentioned before, in the current yield stocked environment, every investor is desperately chasing yield and will consider any attractive investment ideas as long as they are credible. Uh, my point being that there was and still is a ton of cash available for interesting investment opportunities. Now, the global health crisis, of course, initially put everything on hold, but we're slowly getting back to normality. In fact, you know, while we ourselves remain on the sidelines for a very short period of time, we ultimately decided to take on a new cap raising project right in the midst of it all, a first-time VC technology fund with a very differentiated strategy of applying 
call it a PE M&A style inorganic growth initiatives early in the life cycle of European Series B plus companies. The principles of this client of mine were arguably a bit reluctant to enter the market back in April, but I made the strong argument that this is indeed the right time in that there will be little competition on the cap raising fund. And uh, while granted a number of investors may well stay on the sidelines uh, to see where this all pans out or where the dust settles before entering the market again, others will take this as a great investment opportunity. And in fact, it was the right decision as we're busy like never before and we're getting serious traction with investors across the board. And equally important, you know, once we're back to complete normality, call this another, you know, six to 12 months further down the road, once the authorities, um, you know, have developed a, a COVID vaccine, I think it will potentially open a floodgate for the demand of public and both public and private capital. So I prefer to be out there right now. Well, that's encouraging. Are there certain asset classes or strategies that you find are more in favor now versus a year ago? And does that differ according to LP type, size and or geography? And again, broadly speaking, Bridget, based on what we you know, are currently seeing in the market, uh, investors tend to be somewhat asset class and investment strategy agnostic, i.e. everything is at the end of the day driven by the intense pressure to search for investment opportunities, providing interesting returns. Typically, when I meet with investors, what I hear is, Gary, show me a deal, show me something tangible or a blind investment pool as long as the fund has a great track record and or has a unique and very differentiated investment strategy. Bottom line, the appetite for new investment opportunities in sustainable sectors is high, while existing track record opportunities are obviously a real positive. Uh, all this aside, we ourselves at Jensen Capital Partners have witnessed firsthand an increased interest from investors for opportunities in venture capital, both early stage and late stage, as well as secondaries, preferably with a focus on technology, which provide uh, arguably high upside and ROI potential, including consumer tech, given the current health crisis and the changing consumer consumption patterns. Uh, in fact, there has been a big increase in secondaries funds coming to market in the first half of 2020, particularly driven by many institutional investors forecasting a hectic and valuation appealing secondaries market due to some you know, primary, primary investors being forced to sell out because of the financial effects of the current pandemic. Um, in terms of the broader geographical asset allocation by investors, it's on balance probably tilted somewhat towards the US and Asia and less towards Europe for the right or wrong reasons. Uh, reality is, uh, Brigitte, that we are in unprecedented economic uh, uh, territory with unprecedented and massive central bank intervention, which certainly to me obscures the looming risk for fixed income investors down the road. In other words, you know, most definitely some challenging circumstances that we at Jensen Capital Partners um, definitely take into consideration when choosing the capital raising projects we want to take on. Okay, that's that's very insightful. And certainly in fixed income, there's not a lot of yield either. <laughs> I've spoken to various prime brokers who say they are incredibly busy with hedge fund formation and had many conversations with fledgling VC, PE, and real estate fund founders in recent months. Is now a good time to launch a fund? The short answer, Brigitte, is yes, absolutely. Um, there's still strong investor appetite for quality alternative asset funds. And uh, that applies to all alternative asset classes. But let me you know, elaborate briefly on my answer. 
Within the alternative asset investment space, I like to differentiate between what we at Jensen Capital Partners call long-term strategic trends as opposed to short-term tactical trends. Long-term, we are in the middle of a strong upward trend in investor appetite for all uh, alternative asset classes. Assets under management in the industry, as you may know, just hit $10 trillion at the end of 2019 and are expected to grow at approximately 10% per year over the next five years. In this respect, the current global health crisis has not really damaged this trend, but rather it has been, call it a catalyst for many institutional investors with a long-term time horizon to reassess their strategic allocations and further increase its target allocation, alternative uh, exposure allocation, in order to reduce reliance uh, on, call it, public market concentration and volatility. Short term, investors make, as you know, tactical decisions and prioritize investment, investments in certain asset classes or subclasses due to specific short-term considerations. But all these tactical prioritizations always fit within their long-term target strategic allocation, which, as I said, is an increase in overall alternative in exposure across all asset classes. This is the reason why in the last few months, demand for hedge funds has been significantly strong, just like it was the case for secondaries, private equity and uh, venture capital funds 12 to 18 months ago. But again, this is just tactical, short-term prioritization. It, it all fits within a long-term trend of increased exposure to all alternative assets, which does not appear to have been you know, damaged by the current crisis. On the contrary, the future outlook for alternatives looks as good as ever. In conclusion, we at Jensen Capital Partners are confident, um, based on our, our overall sector views and our daily conversations with institutional investors globally, that now is a great time to launch a fund focused on any type of uh, alternative asset classes. Um, my advice to alternative managers looking to raise a fund would be, do not worry about short-term considerations, uh, i.e. whether your asset class is the investment darling of the moment, do not worry about competition, which will undoubtedly be there and it will be strong. As long as you have an offering with a quality and differentiated strategy, ideally with a proven track record, as long as there's a strong and motivated investment team, and as long as you target the right investors and you do it with the appropriate pitch, then you are highly likely to be successful in raising your fund. Again, because the appetite is out there and it is as strong as ever. That's that's great to know uh, because I, I I I'm talking to so many new funds and um, and I'd like to offer them some words of encouragement uh, within your fund client base. What trends have you observed? Are fund managers going to market more aggressively and see whether it's startup or not and seeking more help from outside marketers or are they culling full time fundraising staff? As mentioned earlier, Bridget, um, initially when the crisis struck, everyone stayed on the sidelines, uneasy about access in the market and waiting to see where uh, you know, all would pan out and the dust would settle. In the case of Jensen Capital Partners, we had to literally handhold one of our clients as we launched a significant capital raise for a tech fund right in the midst of the pandemic, which in hindsight ended up being the right decision. You know, As we're moving slowly back to normality, other funds are following and entering the market based on what we see and hear, maybe not at the same rate we saw prior to the crisis, but with fund managers definitely realizing that once an effective vaccine has been developed, 
it will, you know, could well open a floodgate for the demand of both public and private capital. So, you know, best to be out there now with uh, less competition. This aside, as you know, the value add of an outside quality and experienced cap raiser is multifold, which is recognized, uh, you know, by quite a few people operating in this space and looking for capital. Among others, capital raising is time consuming and a capital raiser ensures that management can spend most of its time on its core business rather than capital raising. Equally important, it's difficult to identify the right investors on your own that can be beneficial to a business beyond merely providing financing. In other words, a capital raiser can identify investors who in, whose investment criteria fit the opportunity and who may contribute with industry knowledge, a large network of experts, um, origination channels, and, uh, and other aspects. I believe the downside of the current crisis is abundantly clear to most of us in a recessionary environment. What is the biggest opportunity you see coming out of this crisis? Good question. Um, look, the, the pandemic will, I believe, have uh, you know, quite a few losers. Uh, in addition to its obviously awful cost in human lives, the COVID-19 outbreak is creating huge economic dis- uh, disruption, especially in the highly connected modern world in which both trade and foreign investments are increasingly globalized and the majority of the population is urbanized. Uh, the actual economic impact uh, from COVID-19 will be difficult to assess until the pandemic is over, as each country you know, will you know, arguably be affected differently uh, depending on its economic and trade structure. However, there will also be some clear winners once the you know, economy improves, mainly, I believe, the whole technology space, as we have already partly seen, uh, as tech companies benefit from major changing or changes. I'm sorry, in consumer habits, uh, among others, ordering increasingly online, uh, adopting to working from home, etc. So you've touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to drill down a little bit more on it, which is your thoughts on whether or not you have a time horizon in mind for things resuming a more normal pace and volume. It's very difficult making a prediction, Brigitte, um, but we have arguably already seen a return, as I said, of some normality with markets stabilizing and investors carefully evaluating new select investment opportunities. Uh, I think it will uh, all, at the end of the day, depend on how quickly the authorities will be able to develop a COVID vaccine and get the pandemic contained, and hopefully that will not be too far away. That said, uh, the massive global intervention by central banks that we've seen ever since the pandemic started has the world sail in, call it somewhat uncharted waters uh, that could eventually, and you know, I don't want to sound alarming, but could end up uh, in an inflationary disaster affecting all types of markets. Uh, but we'll have to see. Well, thank you so much. Um, this has been very insightful to me, especially your comments regarding um, whether or not it's a good time to start a fund and whether you should be in the market today raising capital and value add that uh, people like yourselves who are experts in that space can offer managers who are more expert in making investments themselves. So I really want to thank you for sharing your quite valuable insights. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to the Engaging Alternative Spotlight, part of the Eisner Amper podcast series. For more information on this and a host of other topics, visit eisneramper.com forward slash FS.